All right, I'll count you guys in. Time is money. What's up, guys? Uh, welcome to the very first episode of the I.O. panel. Uh, with me, uh, the I.O. panel team, we've got Evan, Mike, oh. and James. Oh, that... Hello, Evan. <laughs> and that's Mike right there. Um, oh, my. There it is. Yeah, there it is. So um, this is a podcast. We talk about tech and all kinds of other random stuff, honestly. It's just very random. It's just a random hodgepodge of whatever. But I think you guys have a good time. So thanks for tuning in. And uh, let's get started. Let's jump right in. So um, top news. Um, let's talk about Apple. Um, actually, before we get into Apple, let's talk about Drumpft. Uh, <laughs> because it's um, March 1st, 2016, and uh, last week tonight just came out on Sunday, the Sunday episode, uh, the Sunday segment that he posted on YouTube was about Donald Trump and a little bit about Donald Trump's history. And uh, he came out with some hashtags, a website, and a hat. Um, the, I think the website was uh, DonaldJTrumpft.com, D-R-U-M-P-F-T, which is apparently tr- Donald Trump's r- correct last name. Uh, it was changed by his like great-grandfather or something because it sounded ridiculous to Trump. Um, it's, a, it's a hilarious segment. I encourage everyone to watch it. I'll put it in the comments or notes or whatever ends up coming after this show. Or maybe it won't. You'll just never hear about it ever again. I don't know. Anyway. That's that. So let's talk about Apple, which is real news, I think. Um, Apple is uh, fighting for our freedom and probably more likely their wallets. Um, what's what's going on with that, Evan? You did some research. I did. Um, so basically the FBI uh, wants to get into the phone of the, uh, the husband of the San Bernardino shooting. It is his work phone. Um, which very likely has nothing of value on it, but they want to use this as a precedent to uh, allow allow them to basically bully their way into other manufacturer phones whenever they want to. They currently have a backlog of other iPhones that for various crimes that uh, is about 175 that they're waiting on this decision to sort of push to get all those unlocked also. Um, so what they also want is a way, they want Apple to create a custom update, uh, that will disable the hardware and software delays between password entry attempts to, on the unlock screen and also, um, make it so if they enter the, the unlock code incorrectly, 10 times, it will not wipe the phone. So they can just put in as many attempts as they want. Yeah, they'll just brute force it after that. Um, so the only way that the iPhone will accept that update is if it comes signed with Apple's private key, which no one else has, obviously, because it's private. Um, so they can actually do it, but there was actually, there was a ruling today that said, so well, the FBI is trying to use something called the All Writs Act, which is like almost 300 years old. 
(laughs) (laughs) I have not read that act itself, um, but I'll read a little excerpt from the ruling today. Uh, It says the All Writs Act does not justify imposing on Apple the obligation to assist the government's investigation against its will. Uh, Furthermore, whether the All Writs Act allows a court to compel Apple, which is a private company with no alleged involvement in the criminal activity, to perform work for the government against its will. So that, in combination with a previous, uh, I believe, Supreme Court ruling that stated computer code, created computer code, is speech. So if the FBI wants to force Apple to create code, a.k.a. speech, that would be a violation of uh, the First Amendment. So they can't do it. Hmm. Uh, Apple is also protecting their bottom line because they want to obviously branch out internationally. And if they set the precedent that they're going to cooperate with any government that wants them to unlock a phone to investigate a crime, regardless of how severe, uh, that will definitely affect their sales internationally. Yeah, absolutely. That's a dangerous, a very dangerous precedent. Um, Yeah. So the whole thing really started. um, The San Bernardino Police Department got this guy's phone and the FBI told them to change the iCloud password. Mm -hmm. So um, from what I understand, iCloud basically copies your phone every so often. So (laughs) it's... What they should have done in hind- in retrospect is take the phone back to where this guy worked, where it was already uh, – it would connect to its known Wi-Fi network and wait for the iCloud to replicate. Right. Because all that stuff is uh, – you can get a subpoena and get a warrant and Apple will give it to you without an issue. No problem. So they fucked up there. Yeah, they they screwed themselves. This is really their fault. They did this themselves. Yeah. Because they changed the password with Apple, the old password is still programmed in the phone, in the settings. And so it's not going to connect and do a backup, obviously. Yeah, so basically it's asking for the new (laughs) iCloud password right behind the lock screen. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Geniuses.com over there, huh? Mind you, this is, yeah, this is this guy's work phone. It has nothing on it. There's nothing. This guy wasn't like, my plans to kill a bunch of people with a gun I bought at Kmart. And it's not like in a little notepad document on the back of that, in that phone. So this is, this is like pretty, pretty dumb and just kind of an obvious ploy to, to do whatever they want. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> one, one technical detail I don't quite understand, but, Maybe we'll never we'll never get that bit bit of info. Is if if this is the guy's work phone? Now the guy worked for. Do we know who he worked for exactly? He worked for um, whatever whatever they attacked. County. I, yeah, I believe it was whatever, the county or state government office or something like that. So I you know I don't know how big or not big the this particular agency is that he worked for, but I know that where I work we have. Apple iPhones and iPads, and they're all set up to communicate with what's called an MDM, Mobile Device Management Server. So if a user says, oh, I forgot my password to my iPhone, 
there's actually a way to reset it from the server. I think it depends because where I work, uh, they reset your password by wiping it. <laughs> they don't. They don't. They don't. They're pretty hardcore. We use uh, Mobile Iron, and I guess that's the MDM that's for iPhones. For iPhones and iPads, yeah. And you can't. You can reset the users uh, like iCloud, their iPassword and everything. You can accept that, but you can't reset their password into the phone. If they forget that, they're hosed. Well, this is how ours works. So, our, yeah, we. You're right. Yours is what's it called? Iron. Iron. Uh, mobile Iron. Mobile Iron. So we use uh, one called Moss 360, which was bought by um, IBM. So IBM owns it. Okay. Now, and the way it works, so once it's all set up, uh, the user is able to log in on a website to their mobile account, to like their MDM account. They can log into that and say, I forgot my device passcode. Please reset it. Oh yeah. And it'll send a command to the phone, and the phone will just cha- the screen will just change and say, "Oh, okay, please enter a new passcode," and it'll let you just enter a new one. Right. Now the way the user gets into the mobile web or the website to to do that, they have to log in with their work email, username, and password. Now normally only the user has access to that, but at my job the system administrators can just reset the user's email password. So they could reset the user's email password, then log in as the user to the website, send a device passcode reset, and then boom, they'd be in. That's pretty pretty reckless of your organization. <laughs> you can't do that I, I retroactively, don't... though, can you? Like you it mean? has to be... Uh, the iPhone has to be in, in that MDM system from the beginning? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, that's how it, you know, that's how it's set up. We get them in, they arrive, they say, hey, IT comp- you know, IT department set it up. They get set up, and there you go. Yeah, that's not a very, that's a, that's a, not a uh, Snowden, Snowden-proof system. <laughs> hey, it's a government phone, you know, it's a workplace phone. You have no right to privacy. No, yeah, and no, that's, it's not even about a right, right to privacy, it's just, this is uh, something I always talk about, and this is totally off the topic of Apple or news or anything like that, but, you know, um, the IT person is like the weak link in in every security system. Oh, absolutely. You know? How do you uh, think Edward Snowden got all no, this? No, yeah, of course, yeah. You know, <laughs> and he, he proved it. You know what I mean? He's the, the, the IT department is the – I mean, I'm in IT. We're all in IT at some level, right? We wouldn't be sure. doing this if we weren't. But and I love the power I have, and I'm an honest guy. I don't do stuff and take people's information and stuff like that, or you know, sell stuff to the North Koreans or whatever. But um, it is definitely a huge vulnerability that that human vulnerability. Oh, absolutely. You know, that I'm surprised a lot of people haven't a lot of you know well, ha- they, have been targeted is it's like yeah. known. It's just I guess for the most part, most businesses hire trustworthy people or yeah, right. there are systems in place to <laughs> to keep it in check. You, you know? know, that's the problem though, right? There's a psychological ang- angle to that, okay? People hire IT people, okay? They do, you know, they have their team that does whatever job they do and they look at the IT guy like a maintenance person, you know, not as like a member of their team. They don't see him as a threat. Support you know? staff. It's, or support staff, whatever you want to call it would make you feel better. But, you know. No, no, no. That's 
<laughs> make me feel better. It's just what, yeah. What so it yeah, it's just what it is. Yeah, it's support staff, but it's like a janitor is support staff. Exactly. You know, it's the same. It's all the same thing. So <laughs> it's like a person you see through in the office. So it's not like so it's not like people are like we need to make sure this person has high integrity and very credible. You know what I mean? The obviously we all work for the government in one way or another. So I think the credibility and stuff, the vetting process is a little bit higher for us. But some mm-hmm. private industries, it may not be so. You know what I mean? So it's uh, something for those people to think about. I know that our show has a huge impact on uh, CTOs all over the world and CIOs. They come to us for more information <laughs> on how to secure their infrastructure. Thank you. Send the check to me, P.O. Box. Get fucked <laughs> at getfucked.com. Okay. <laughs> for the win. Very true. Um yeah, no, but I mean, a lot of organizations, um, I'm sure you guys, uh, especially James, I know you've been involved recently in uh, trying to mitigate vulnerabilities um, at your job. And of course, one of the known vulnerabilities is, like you said, an, a rogue IT person who has, you know, high level system clearance. Uh, that's, you know, usually called the insider threat, right? Someone on the inside of the organization. Yeah. <laughs> Has access, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> just like at your job, you see these vulnerabilities being addressed. That's because now the audits are happening more frequently. They're accessing all the logs. They're making sure nothing hinky is going on. So, you know, it's just another way for them to make sure nothing nothing untoward is happening. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Right. So. Absolutely. The insider threat. Mm. Yeah, you like sign, that? There's a sign in the bathroom. No, they beat you in the in the head where I, where I work at. So you go in the bathroom, <laughs> you stand, you hit the standard, you know the the urinal, the urinal. <laughs> you go stand at the urinal, <laughs> and it's like right there. It's like who's the insider threat in your office? Oh, you there know? you go. So right. me me and my coworkers, we tell each other all the time. We say, "You've got indicators, my friend. I'm reporting you to CID. You've got indicators." <laughs> <laughs> all right. In my job, there's just sign telling guys not to piss on the floor. Oh yeah, that happens too. That's uh that's a different kind of threat. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so um well that's uh, that, that's uh we'll, we'll we'll have to watch and see what happens with Apple. I mean, I I know they had a injunction or whatever and they're I guess they're waiting to see what happens with that, so we're looking It will go to the Supreme Court, but uh I think the FBI has they basically have no traction on this now. Or they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But if they if they take it to the Supreme Court and Apple wins, uh, I'm sure that Apple will have a hell of a tax audit coming up, and uh, perhaps be investigated for, you know, criminal tax evasion or something like that. So it's not going to be an easy win. I think for for uh, tax purposes, they are citizens of the Dutch Antilles, Evan. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Either that or uh, Ireland. Yeah, I believe they're actually in Ireland. There are a lot of their assets, um, just enough. like all these other big companies, you know, who cheat the system. But yeah, uh, they said Facebook paid uh, four thousand pounds in taxes last year. That's ridiculous. <laughs> four thousand pounds. That mm. is friggin' nuts, man. I got to become a massive company and make tons of money. <laughs> I hire felonious support staff. Mm-hmm. I need to get to that. The insider threat, my friend. That's right. 
All right, so let's jump on to the next one here. This is a good one. Uh, one of the random things that we're kind of doing here, but I think we're all – well, anyway. So <laughs> this is the Yum update. Uh, so I think because uh, Evan and I like to cook and Michael likes to eat. Correct. Um, <laughs> that's why we put this in here. So we're just going to talk about just real quick about, I guess, what we've been kind of doing in the kitchen um, Evan, do you have something? Uh, I've been on keto slash low carb high fat for two and a half weeks now. I've got my uh, my delicious butter coffee. Tell this us what's coffee. In, tell us what's in the butter coffee. Yeah, it's a uh, black <laughs> coffee, a teaspoon of MCT oil, um, tablespoon and a half or so of uh, grass fed butter. And probably half a cup of heavy cream. Grass-fed and a butter? Little, yeah, like Kerrygold or anything like that. Like fancy, legit butter. Um, I buy their uh, garlic butter. Yeah, I have a stick in there, too. It's delicious. Yep. Kind of expensive, but it's worth it. And a little bit of sweetener. So. What kind of sweetener? That's, uh, stevia in the raw packets, little green ones. That doesn't uh, make your insulin levels go up? No. Good. Because I know a lot of sweeteners can can do that for some people. The research is still out. There are conflicting ideas. Mm. But some of them give you cancer, and that's proven, so stay Mm. away as much as you can, I guess. (laughs) Sounds like fun. Um, yeah, that's the uh, that's the pink one. That's uh, sweet and low. Sweet I think. and low. Yeah. Is that sucralose? I don't know. Probably. Well, oh, yeah. equal. Saccharin. I, don't know. I thought saccharin gives you cancer. Well, maybe maybe that's saccharin. it. Okay. That's probably it. Tab. Um, <laughs> is it a Pepsi Clear? <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, for me, uh, on Sunday, I went with the girlfriend to one of our favorite restaurants in the area, the Old Town Poor House. They've got 90 beers on tap and an amazing menu. And uh, I tried something new there. I tried the rigatoni with Italian sausage. Um, and uh, it's got Italian sausage, a tomato basil sauce with some with little garlic. And uh, it's got peas in it. And uh, and and then they put goat cheese in there, and you mix it all up when you get it, and it's amazing. So I said to myself, this is great. I'm going to try to replicate this when I go home. So I went home. I came, went to work on Monday, came home, bought all the stuff. Instead of using peas, I used mushrooms, replicated it perfectly. It was freaking amazing. Um, I say everybody to try it. I never thought to put goat cheese in pasta before. Um, but it was really killer. Like just like kind of chunks of fresh glow cheese. You just stir it up in there. So good. Really awesome. Super proud of that. You should have put one. peas and mushrooms. I should have. Yeah, I, I should have put peas and mushrooms in there. I didn't think about it. I wanted to try the mushrooms and I didn't think about the peas at all. I'll be honest with you. The peas I missed. I missed the peas altogether. Um, but uh, I will try it again because I feel like it's like such an easy thing. It was easy to cook and like I'm not a chef by any standard but i was able to put it together with the pasta everything perfect it was really good so that's it michael you got anything 
Uh, nope, I can't say that I do. He's like, I drove past a McDonald's earlier today. It smelled like old tires outside. I went to work. <laughs> this uh, this old town poorhouse. Where is that located? That is in the Gaithersburg area, Gaithersburg, Maryland. Ah, yes, yes. Where to drive? Yeah, quite good. It's near the girlfriend's home, so um, it's quite good. Uh, oh, uh, Evan, I did want to ask you um, one other thing. You said you're on. You've been on this keto thing recently. Yep. Uh, I know that you tried something called Keto Chow. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? It is a a powdered mixture that you order if you want to either not eat, if you just want to drink your meals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so okay. basically, um, there's a guy named, I think it's Chris Bear. Uh, there's a there's a couple Reddit threads about it, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's an easy way to keep your uh, macronutrients, aka fat, protein, carbohydrate, um, in check easily. Because what you do is you if you order from him, you get these packets, and one packet is three meals if you order the the daily servings, and the way I made them is put the put about 40 ounces of water in my uh, Vitamix blender jar, mixed up the powder, which consists of a little bit of xanthan gum, protein powder, um, various flavors, some psyllium husk powder, which is a thickener and fiber, and uh, there's there are some electrolytes in the form of I believe powdered potassium, magnesium, and there's all there's some salt obviously to keep the the neurons firing. Um and ground up Costco multivitamins for all the rest of the stuff. Ground so, up Costco multivitamins, is that what you just yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Um so he actually open sourced the recipe if you want to make it yourself. Uh, we can link to that in the show notes. Um but basically, so you have that, that mixture of the protein powder and uh, the other elements in water, and you control how many calories per day by adding various amounts of heavy cream per serving. Um, so what I did with 40 ounces of water, a whole packet, which is three meals worth, I put in one cup of heavy cream, um, which for the day is about... 1700 calories mm-hmm. and you mix it up let it sit for a few minutes it thickens put it in the fridge overnight you can drink it immediately but it's better if you let it sit for a little while and uh, I mean that's nutritionally you can survive off of that uh, I had one shake and immediately knew I could not drink all of my meals I went and bought ingredients for a salad after that because I I too enjoy eating, not just cooking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but it went well. I saw so, very good results in the first week. Okay, so good results, but you're you don't like just drinking. You know, you want to actually eat something. Yeah. So I've at, after the first couple of days of adjustment. Um, 
you know, getting off of carbs and stuff, you don't, well, I don't feel hungry, but the the shakes themselves, I would not say that they're filling. Mm-hmm. Even though there's a, a good bit of fiber in them. Um, I mean, it, it is basically liquid. So perhaps if you sort of sipped on it all throughout the day, it might be more filling, but if you just have, you know, a blender cup full of it or something like that, then, you know, it's basically out of your stomach and going through your digestive tract within an hour. So it doesn't keep you full, but you're not hungry. It's, I see. It's weird. But I do recommend it. If you're living the lifestyle. The lifestyle? Yeah. The The no... No pea, mushroom, cream sauce, chicken pasta lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Can't have any of that. So you recommend this for people who are trying to trying for to folks weight? in dire straits? Yes, <laughs> dire straits. I like that. I recommend right. giving it a shot. It's it can be more expensive than groceries depending on what you normally buy. Um, Keto Chow is about eighty-five, I'd say eighty dollars per week, just for the powdered, uh, the powdered parts, and then you have to add the heavy cream and MCT oil. Uh, you're also supposed to take fish oil tablets with it, so all that stuff kind of adds up. Mm. Um, so, I mean, if you're buying basically rice and beans and some chicken and ground beef. Uh, at the grocery store, it's going to be a lot more expensive than that, but uh, it works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The rich chocolate is delicious. It tastes like a, a Wendy's smoothie or Wendy's frosty, sorry. And the snickerdoodle is good. Everything else I tried was okay at best. I see. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll definitely put a link to that in the uh, show notes here. Yes. So you said the guy though, he also, what you would like, he's like to say open sourced the recipe. So basically you can make it yourself. You don't have to order it from him. Correct. Tells you all the ratios and, and ingredients and even provides uh, links on where to get them. He orders things in huge quantities Right. Uh, but he provides, you know, Amazon links for the uh, protein powder and psyllium husk powder and stuff like that. If your local stores don't carry that kind of stuff. Hmm. Well, that is very interesting. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Now, I know, James, uh, you ordered a while back. You ordered something called. Uh, Soylent. What did you order, James? Soylent. Soylent. Yeah, that's right. Soylent. So, how have you been liking Soylent? Um, Soylent's okay. It just uh, and what just so if so people know what is Soylent? This Soylent is just like a, like a bag of freaking chemicals and powder. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of like the keto chow that everyone it, was talking it's about. It's like keto chow, but it's probably more. I think keto chow is more like kind of purposed to like the keto lifestyle. Whereas Soylent is like everything the human being needs to survive, period. Like it is to to quote to quote uh, 
to quote somebody, it's just survival. Like it's just like basic needs. It's mm-hmm. you know. So you can drink that three times a day, not eat anything else, you'd be good to go. Drink a pitcher of it a day and you're done. Like you don't eat anything else, you'll you'll live. So I would say, <laughs> um, but yeah, you're live, but you're not loving life. You know what I mean? This is okay. like this is like it's freaking zombies outside, and <laughs> you know I don't want to go out. I'm not ready. I'm out of bullets. Let's have some freaking. It's either eat my wife's corpse or you know Soylent. So you eat the wife's corpse, then you have Soylent. Um, it's not <laughs> it's like the wife's, the wife's yeah, corpse exactly. has more flavor. Is that yeah. What Basically, and, and like Evan says, Soylent, you'll live. Like, that's might as well be what the thing is. I, I, I don't want to knock it. It's not bad, but it's not good. You know, it's not good by any stretch of the imagination. So they don't have flavors like uh, no. chocolate and snickerdoodle no. and this and that? The flavor is basically oat. Um, that's, it's, <laughs> right, it's a, it has a very oaty taste. Yeah, because there's a lot of oat flour oat. in it. There's a lot of oat flour. And the version I have, I stopped buying it after two versions. I had a subscription, so I was getting paying $200, $250 a month. And I was getting a month's worth every month. And so now I have cases of this stuff stacked up. Matter of fact, maybe if we get some people listening to the show, I'll do some giveaways and start giving some packages of it away. Um, because I have so much of it, you know what I mean? $250 but, a month. Yeah. Wow. There's enough That's food to survive. $62 a week. Yeah, there's enough food to survive. So it's a little cheaper than keto. Yeah, but keto's very specialized. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. So And um, just like keto... The keto chow, I should say. The one that you're talking about, the Soylent, isn't there also a uh, like a kind of a do-it-yourself kind of? Yeah, you can do you can do a do-it-yourself Soylent. Um, there's a huge DIY community for it, but again, these are people like they're like ordering like a barrel of sulfur sulfur nitrate, and you know that, I mean that's the kind of stuff that's in Soylent, right? It's not like husk powder or whatever the freaking fancy stuff that's in <laughs> that's in uh, keto it's psyllium husk psyllium husk it's not there's none of that's in there it's like you know you know 300 pounds of calcium you know it's like like if the if the if the uh atf saw your your purchasing list for making like two months supply of this stuff at your house they'd think you're making bombs like it's that kind of stuff so i mean it's it's just a bunch of chemicals it's good for you and it's not going to kill you and it's the right kind of chemicals is what your body needs. I don't want people to think that oh, it's some because I said chemicals it's something bad. It's not, you know, it's it's healthy. It's 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 been scientifically designed for what your body needs to survive, and it it, it does do that. And you kind of do feel full after eating it, but it's just like you could eat this or like actually eat. And I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll say this: the reason I bought it was because I wanted to make it so that when I when I was like on my way to work or at work or eating garbage, I wanted to eat Soylent instead. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to fill myself up with like gray food instead of buying a bunch of stuff that was expensive and yeah, it tasted okay, but it was still bad for you, you know? And then I wanted to make it so that when I did eat a meal, I wanted it to be amazing. So I wanted to have like, I wanted to spend that money on like a great steak or, you know, the rigatoni I just told you about or whatever, you know, that's the kind of stuff I wanted to put in my body, not, Frickin' McDonald's or Hardee's or whatever like that, you know? Or Jack you in the Box. Hardee's near you? No, I don't. I just said that. And I just said Jack in the Box, so people think, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Jack in the Box is freaking amazing, though, by the way. Don't get my hopes up like that, man. Come yeah, on. Jack in the Box True. is so good. Um, Evan, you must have that kind of stuff, huh? Nope. 
McDonald's, oh. Wendy's, Burger King, Crystals, which See? is basically White Castle. <laughs> I knew I knew a weird place was gonna come out. Crystals. <laughs> Crystals. Yeah, they're they're like uh, budget White Castle. I don't know that I've ever been to a White Castle. That's Santa. You're not missing anything. <laughs> That's saying a lot. There was a hamburger hamlet around here. That was not a good place to go eat. They have that. At, well, they had one at. No, Pimentel. not hamburger hamlet. There was a place called the Little Hamlet. Oh. They served. It was a White Castle, but it was called the ha- Hamlet, and they served time oh, okay. at White Castle, and it was a great place to get sick. Um, <laughs> all right, let's. Is that, is that the Yelp review? You, yeah. You're gonna leave? Okay. Let's. <laughs> yeah, it's been long torn down now. Oh, okay. It's long gone. Um, all right, let's jump to the next topic here because we 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 got a long way to go. <laughs> We've been going for a minute. Um, let's talk about uh, Stranger Danger. That's our segment on security vulnerabilities and things like that. So, Michael, tell us what we got here. We have a we have a serious one here. Okay, so just today, uh, some information came out regarding a vulnerability that exists if you're using SSL version two, specifically the Open SSL implementation of SSL. So. Its nickname is called Drown. It's called a Drown Attack. I'm not sure why they called it that. But basically the problem is if your server if your if your server is configured to accept SSL V2 connections, then it's possible that it can be vulnerable to this attack. What can happen is an attacker can send specially crafted packets to your server and by sending these specially crafted packets, they'll get a response that'll allow them to re, basically remake the private key from your server, which is very bad. So once they have the private key, that means they'd be able to decrypt all the traffic going back and forth between your server and any of its users. So <clears throat> there this is, is this zero day. Uh, I don't. I don't really wouldn't call it a zero day, but. It just kind of came out real fast, so hopefully no one's, I don't think anyone's been bit by it, at least no one that we've heard of, so that's good, but uh, one thing they say to do, you can, there is an update for for OpenSSL, so you can go ahead and apply the update if you're running a server, usually it's Linux, but it could be Windows or anything else running OpenSSL, but another thing you can do, you can just you can turn off SSL v2. As long as you only accept SSL v3 or higher, and really everyone should be just accepting TLS now, version 1 or higher. If you do that, then you're you're not vulnerable. So, if you're still running SSL v2 on your server, definitely now's the time to turn that off. Um, now's really no- the time. <laughs> yeah, there's really there's really no reason to still be using it. And in fact, I'm reading something right here that says SSL v2 has been deprecated since 2011. Yeah, so, you shouldn't be using it. So no one should be using that. Although, to be honest, on a lot of web servers, it's just on by default, and so no one ever, you know, changes it. So definitely, though, you want to go in there and review your ciphers, review what levels of the SSL slash TLS protocol you're accepting. Really, no. Everyone should be using TLS version 1.2 and all of the latest ciphers. Uh, also, another another thing to note: 
I also say here, you could, if you're using export ciphers, you could be vulnerable to this attack. So what what that means is export ciphers are older ciphers that are a lower encryption bit, like 40-bit, 56-bit encryption, that kind of thing. So you want to make sure you're only using 128-bit and higher ciphers, basically. Um, normally in the configuration for OpenSSL, you can tell it don't use SSL v2, don't use SSL v3, and you can tell it don't use export ciphers. Like that's a specific command. You can say don't use export, and it'll, it'll turn those off. So that would be my recommendation. Best practices? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There you go. Well, now, we need all those things because reasons. Yeah, exactly, because reasons. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's pretty funny, actually. So I got a funny story about that. At, uh, at my job recently, we so we host a particular website and some servers on our premises, but we have an automated service that we pay for that's external. People can call up a one eight hundred number and declare something over the phone, and the responses are recorded on our server. But the phone number and the and the gathering of the information and everything is handled by an external company, and then they send it to our server. So late late last year they told us, hey, we're gonna um, we're gonna be upgrading our servers. And we're only going to accept connections using the latest ciphers and only using TLS version 1.2. And everyone at my job freaked out because our server was so old that it couldn't even use those ciphers. So they had to upgrade everything. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So... You know, you think it's easy. Oh, just turn off the ciphers. But you know, it's sometimes it's not not as easy as you'd like. I guess it was time for an upgrade, though. Uh, yeah, well, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I'll just mention one other tiny vulnerability. Uh, I believe this came out last week, but it might have been the week before. There's a vulnerability in the glibc. So that is installed on a lot of Linux systems. And basically it's a library that's used by a lot of different software. One piece of it, there was a tiny flaw in the DNS resolver. and But the problem is the flaw could allow someone to take control of an affected system. So it's a pretty bad vulnerability. It's, the, you know, it's rated critical. So if you have any servers running glibc, definitely get them updated as soon as possible. Ma mainly this affects Linux or Unix-based operating systems, but it could also be, you know, unfortunately we don't, we can't really always tell, but this because it's Linux or Unix, a lot of embedded products might have this kind of thing in them also. Like, for instance, a router, like a Linksys router, a Belkin router, or even something like all these Internet of Things devices, like a Nest thermostat, maybe a D-Link webcam that's hooked up to the Internet, those kinds of things. So you want to always want to make sure you have the latest software, latest firmware running on any of your devices. 
That's about it I got for that one. All right. Uh, James, Evan, you guys got anything uh, under Strange uh, Danger? I mean, that's like, there's a lot of stuff potentially affected by that. Anything mm. pretty much using the C compiler or referencing that file could be affected. Um, mm-hmm. If you hear about something so severe within a week or honestly within probably two days, there should be a fix. So uh, yeah, just to reiterate, you know, if you hear something, if you hear a major vulnerability, just check within a couple of days and there should be a fix or an update or something to, to alleviate the issue. Definitely. And in fact, uh, we didn't realize, but one of our public safe, public facing servers at work was uh, not patched against that until this afternoon when I patched it. So, <laughs> so I always want to watch out for that kind of thing, but luckily we weren't hit by it. So mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. So, uh, James, anything else you want to add to, uh, no stranger danger. No, no, we're dealing uh, with some stuff uh, at work, but it's it's pretty old stuff and it's dumb stuff. Um, it, it, I'm not even going to go into what the vulnerability is, but uh, well, I will. It's um, poodle and uh, bar mitzvah, but mm-hmm. uh, the, the, I mean or SSL vulnerabilities. Yeah, um, with uh, weak keys and SSL three. Um, it, but this is in a, in a printer, which is kind of interesting. But the the thing is the thing that the striking thing about this issue is that the manufacturer does didn't know it was a problem and just dealing with the manufacturer at the standard vendor level wouldn't didn't reveal didn't did, what did it didn't bring the people who could help uh, it didn't make them transparent to us so we needed to get to luckily because I had dealt with hardware and software engineers at this company before I was able to get help. And now we put in, we put together, uh, um, like a, a huddle, where we have like these vendors, our local vendors, the people at the you know network center, and a bunch of other people on a call every day to get this this, this vulnerability straightened out. It's pretty pretty ruthless, but it's working and it's getting it fixed. <laughs> um, wow. But, but uh, yeah, they went pretty gangster to get. They were like retired. This is like eight months running. We're getting it done. But the thing is, the thing is. No one comes out to to patch those machines, you know. Mm-hmm. So you know it's important. I think that people kind of realize that those it's not 1985 anymore. Printers, copiers, digital scanners, all in ones. Those things are like freaking computers, Absolutely. you know. And they need to be patched, and they need to be updated, and they need to be checked because they are a host of they are delete a disease ridden host of vulnerabilities. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, a great example, I've told you guys this before, you know, a lot of times I've found people's printers just exposed to the network, to the internet, you know. Um, how, did you do, how did you find that? I just Googled. I, I Googled. I was Googling default passwords for our printers so I could log in and change something. And Because, uh, uh, of course, your your printer was still set to the default password. Of course it was. Because that's <laughs> best, best security practices well, right there. Our printer is in a highly secured network. That's a. It's a little bit different. Um, you uh, can't just, it's not that different. It, 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 look, you're right. It isn't. And to the, <laughs> to the savvy, 
the savvy uh remember that insider threat we talked about earlier right you're right you're absolutely right <laughs> to the to the savvy user they could get in there and do some damage and i know some savvy users like that mm. um but uh and maybe a maybe a default password should be set by the network center you know that they use and that whatever but barring that just the fact that you could search for that information and then find pull down like I found maybe six printers one day from all over the all over the world that were sitting directly out on the internet and you could print to them see people's names get all the information you know really basic stuff nothing nothing no big deal but it's that kind of thing that's like it tells you how bad security is in certain places people overlook those printers the same way they overlook the IT guy being a threat you know they're just like oh it's just here it's just no big printer. deal. It's just what a printer. It what could it do? But it's it's a hole. It's a big fat hole in your it's network. A computer. Yeah. It's a computer. Yeah. So um, anyway, let's uh, let's jump on down. We got. Uh, I actually want to interject one yeah, last Absolutely. tidbit. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of stories about uh, hospitals and stuff being hit by ransomware. So just be safe. Don't get your stuff <laughs> encrypted by Russians and have to pay them in bitcoins. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes. I'll uh, if if you'll permit me, Evan. I'll uh, add to that. Sure. Uh, last week uh, at uh, at my job, uh, we started noticing some files on the network file share. All of a sudden, started changing, and uh, turns out that a couple users' computers got hit with the Locky ransomware that's been going around recently. And so what was going on, not only were the files on the user's computer being encrypted so they couldn't access them anymore, but because these users had network file shares mounted on their system, you know, just a network file share like the G drive, the S drive, you know, the T drive, whatever, files on those shares were being encrypted. So we had to pull those machines off the network immediately. And then they ran a scan and they found thousands of files have been encrypted all over the place on various network shares. Were you able to make any fix? Well, they were able to restore them from backups. Oh, that's good. You know, but uh, anything on the user's computer... Hosed. Hosed. <laughs> uh, that's that, unless the user made a backup, which I'm sure they didn't. Um, and their computers are still offline. You know, they were given loaner machines just so that they could get back to work, but no, weren't, they weren't allowed to take any files off their computer, nothing. You know, that's it's funny because uh, something has to be done because that's the weak, that's the real, like, weak link is these bungling-ass users. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? These guys are fucking idiots. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it's my pleasure to help them because their dumbness keeps me in the job. But at the same time, you know, like, you know, there has to be a line, right? Like, okay, don't use your 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 corporate computer for non-corporate business. Mm -hmm. Just draw the line there, you know? Oh, you're searching for an app or something? Don't do it, you know? <laughs> oh, you're searching for some Excel macro? Stop. Think. Don't do it, you know what I mean? And I know that's a heavy-handed approach, but, you know... Man, these people can't be allowed to do anything, you know? I mean, and... and <laughs> well, the problem is, not only that, I mean, you're absolutely right, you know, half these people are downloading coupon printers and all kinds of other wild stuff, but 
I mean, honestly, I believe the way these users were compromised was they received an email. Now, I don't know if this email was from someone they knew or not, but I guess it looked familiar enough. It could be an email that looks like from someone you know. And there was an, a, there was a Word file attached to it. They, they downloaded the Word file, they opened the Word file, and the Word file said, and it was it looked it looked all scrambled in the in the word file, and it said at the top, oh if if the file looks scrambled, click enable macros at the top, because of course enable macro you know macros are disabled by default. Yeah. In Microsoft Word and Excel and everything as part of standard security practice these days, but it's not completely disabled. You can just you can go ahead and hit enable if you're if you're quote unquote sure that it's the file's okay. Hmm. There so lies the your mistake. Hit, Exactly. They hit enable, and bam, that's when they got hit. So, <clears throat> so uh, I mean, you know, this is this leads us into uh, social engineering, right? Yeah. And this is a this is a phishing attack. So, unfortunately, there's not always an easy way to protect people from that, except educating users, which, as you know, can be a challenge sometimes. Well, you know, they have to figure out – there has to be a happy medium between, like, giving people the generic uh, annual training that trains them on what phishing is, but it becomes such a redundant thing that people block it out as this extra garbage thing they have to do and they just ignore it. There has to be a happy – Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. So there has to be a sweet spot between that and, you know, sitting them down and being like, this is what phishing is every time and, like, talking to them, like, really talking, like, really teaching them. You know, there has oh, to be a center place because, man, I had to, you know, I've had stuff happen in my job where people have tried to access people they're not supposed to be able to access through mm-hmm. admins who had no clue that this person was not legit asking questions they're not supposed to ask about things they're not supposed to ask them about. And it was just like really out of hand. And uh, I, I wrote the I wrote the admin a fishing, a, a, a social engineering guide to sit next to her phone so she could ask these six questions to uh so so to get her out of trouble you know <laughs> because because it's not something they teach you know what i mean they who's have your the, commanding officer who's blah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah basically who's know? asking for this who's your yeah. manager you yeah you got it well, let me get a phone number what's your email address that kind of stuff it's common sense stuff but people don't realize you know if their email address is hotball69 at hotmail.com then yeah <laughs> maybe don't send it to them you yeah. know maybe not um yeah uh, you're absolutely right. You know, the and where I work, it's a very similar thing. We just have the annual training once a year, and that's about it. You know, and then it comes out, and they're it's, oh, it's a big push. Everyone go do it, do it, do it, do it, and then that's it. And you know, you never hear about it again. Yeah. <clears throat> the only you, reason people take that is so they don't get hassled by their manager. You got mm. it exactly. Exactly. No one pays attention. Yeah, it's just another thing to get through. You know. Now at uh, in my office, they started sending out a newsletter every couple months now to our users, just talk about what's going on, you know, technology-wise and what's new, and if there are any threats, you know, and this and that. So little user communication is nice. Um, of course, not everyone's going to read the email, but some users are, you know. So that's one way to do it. Another thing that I think would be Really nice, although, you know, of course it costs a lot of money, so I don't know if they would go for it, but to have actual training where people have to go sit in a room somewhere 
and actually, you know, take a training that takes maybe a couple hours or half the day or something with just IT security related topics, you know. When we went to Windows 7 at my job, they actually had some training sessions available for users. Um, so I think something like that, but more geared towards IT would be would be good. I, I agree with you. That that would be good, but um, but I'm sure it's expensive. You know, it's expensive, and people wouldn't make the time for it. You know, you'd have to make it mandatory, and by right. making it mandatory, it would become one of those things. You know, you gotta. I think I think the best thing to do is to have a red team constantly grilling people. You know. I mean, I think I think we can all kind of say this, even though I don't think we want to go into huge details about where we work. But, you know, we work for the government and almost all government agencies use cat cards, you know. So one thing that is where I work, a mandate right, is some you, kind of smart card. Yeah. You don't you don't leave your desk without with your cat card sitting at the desk, you know. Yeah, that's a that's still a problem at my job. It's a huge problem. And and I, you know, um, cat cards have been around in my office for years so people know, but they still do it. And there was a time when there was a security officer who would walk around and take cat cards and stuff a dummy card in your slot and say, come see me if you want your cat card back. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a petty little thing, and people hated that guy, and they eventually eliminated the position because he was hated. But you know what? Guess what? That kind of interactive, constantly, i got to be on my toes, I shouldn't do this because I know it's wrong, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it has to be – you have to be proactive. I mean – it has that, that kind of stuff makes people stop. I, I remember sitting I was sitting at a user's desk yesterday and she put her cat card in and she was putting in her pin and I looked off to the side because I never want to look, I never want to see people's pin, but I happened to look like this and she had paused and I turned like this and I saw and her pin was one number six times. And I was just like, What's going on? That's not even allowed. That shouldn't be possible. Well, it's possible. I don't know how it's possible, but it's possible. But that's a violation of security policy, and people still do that stuff. And the, at the CAC office, they have to see you doing it. They have to know. They have to enforce those policies. Says no, 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 no numbers that repeat. No numbers in consecutive order. Like for your iPhone. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. yeah, your iPhone. You can't. Well, I guess you can. But our iPhones enforce our mobile iron enforces a policy of your iPhone has to be. Uh, like my iPhone pin is like reverse forward, reverse forward, reverse forward. It's not. It's a non-consecutive, non-repeating six-digit number, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a good. I mean, it's not great because it's six digits, but still, it's good. It's better than whatever, you know. Better than one, two, three, four, five, six, or seven, eight, five, four, three, two, one, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, it's like, we could go on to. This is apparently a bit of security podcast. Um, <laughs> so, um, let's, 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 let's jump unless guys, unless anyone has something, something else to say, we don't want to, I don't want to, you know, if, if you guys want to say something, I don't want to hold you up. Nope. No, I think, oh. uh, I think we're good. Uh, like you said, we could probably talk about this forever, but, um, you know, I guess we should go ahead and move on to, uh, whatever our next topic is here. Yeah. Let's, let's jump. But guys, if, you know, if you guys listen to this show, Please post in the comments, say, hey, look, talk more about security, talk more about this, talk more about that, because this is our first episode. We're doing a lot of things to see what you guys like and uh, see what we like on the back end. So please let us give us your input if you want us to do more of something or talk more about a certain topic. Um, Okay, so let's jump right in here. Um, 
you posted up here a uh, good way to find internet, internet devices, uh, Shodan.io. You read my mind with that. I did want to talk about that. Um, that's a great site, Shodan is. Um, I think tech people should all know Shodan. It's awesome. Um, and you can what find is, what is Shodan.io? Um, it's a site that lets you find things in the Internet of Things. Uh, I don't want to claim to be an expert in it. I've only used it a few times, but like you can find, like you can type in webcam. And it will search for webcams. And I think it must have something in the algorithm that looks for certain kind of like tags that those internet-enabled webcams that are improperly set up and that are sitting on the internet, that they're, that they're running. It looks for those – it's something in this algorithm. It looks for some tags or something, and it, it gives you a list of those things all over the world. And actually, I found printers that way too using Shodan. I, used, I found them through Google and through Shodan. Um, you can find Nest through Shodan. You can find all kinds of in- internet-capable things through Shodan. <laughs> it's pretty nuts, honestly. And it tells you how, uh, how like, we're kind of – technology is outpacing security. You know, we're doing things. We're oh, making absolutely. these great tools, and we're not securing them properly. And we're not – the society, the public society as a whole hasn't gotten to their brain that these devices are not safe um, unless you make them safe. So, you know um, – it's like we won't, we won't, uh, you won't let your kids smoke weed, but you will have sex in front of a webcam. Um, you know, not knowing that the webcam is recording you and streaming you to a bar full of swarthy Romanians. So you know, <laughs> nothing gets Romanians. You know. Um, yeah, they're great people. They're great people. A clean indigenous people. Um, industrious people. Industrious, not indigenous. Industrious. You're right. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, so just just to just to uh, close the Shodan one out, and just for fun, I just went to Shodan.io, and I typed in printer, and I saw what it came up with. So I said, you know what, let me try this. So I typed in net logon, all one word. Yeah, there you go. It's a perfect thing to look for. So I typed net logon, and the first thing that comes up is a server that's uh, is supposedly located in Mexico, and it gives me the IP address here. And it says anonymous login successful. Basically, this is this looks like a Windows server that's completely exposed to the internet. So it says share name e dollar sign. So there's right there's there's a disk we could just map to probably just over the internet. Um, and it has other shares here the f dollar sign so another disk, and the net logon share is there also. So. That, my friend, is a reverse hack honeypot. Prepare, <laughs> prepare to have your system hijacked. That's what I want to think it is. I mean, look, and, and as IT people, we're like, there's no way that's real. You know, we're like, there's no way that's real. It's got to be a honeypot. You know, I don't know. There's lots of them on here. But there, yeah, of course. There's a there's a web there's a web server um, that's located. It says in the United States. Uh, it has a share print dollar sign C dollar sign. And I only know it's a web server because there's a share called INET Pub. So mm-hmm. that's an IIS server. Um, Surely running Windows 2003? Maybe. Maybe that's why we can see it, you know? Maybe there's no built-in firewall, you know? Who knows? You know, I don't know what's going on with these things. But that's uh, it's just funny, you know? It's just funny what you can find. Yeah. It's, and this it, website just exposes it all, you know? Yeah. It's honestly amazing. Shodan IO is a great site, so... Sorry, we and, told you. <laughs> oh yeah. Out. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, people might be upset at this website, but it just exposes all the security problems out there that need to be addressed. 
Yeah, and I, I and I don't think the, the 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 goal of Shodan is to is to be a hacker tool. I think the goal of Shodan is to say, hey, like Michael said, hey, there's all kinds of problems out there, and here they all are for you to see. You know what I mean? And it was easy for me to find. So someone who's really wants to find them, someone malicious, already knew they were there. You know what I mean? Absolutely. All right. So, uh, would a Evan James, you guys want to add anything else to this uh, security topic? No, sir. Okay. So, uh, James, why don't you take yeah. us into the next? Uh, so, so next let's thing. talk. Let's talk about projects. Um, <clears throat> we have here um, Discord, which I just discovered earlier this week, and I guess it's been around for a little bit. It's a. It's basically a beta project. Um, it's Slack. If you're familiar with Slack, which is a great uh, kind of a team working tool, it's Slack with audio and uh, yeah, with audio and channels and stuff like that. So basically, for playing video games, it's great because you can kind of like have Squad One, Squad Two, Squad Three, Squad Four. They all have their own channel, and uh, you can move your icon between the squads to to get into those squads very easily, just like Teamspeak. But it has an overlay of uh, of standard like text chat, picture messaging, SMS style messaging. I mean, it's pretty amazing. So uh, I've been playing with it a little bit this week. Uh, it's pretty non-obtrusive; it just sits in the computer and runs. It's very nice. Um, is it just for a computer? Uh, no, it's for computers. It's for Windows. It's for Windows. It's for PC. It's for Windows. It's for Windows. No, no, it's for it's mobile devices. It's for mobile. It's for all the platforms, really. It's on Windows. I think the only thing I couldn't find it on was Windows Phone, but it's on Apple, um, Windows, Mac, and Android. And it probably, if it's actually, if it's on Windows 10, it should work on Windows Phone too, because that means it's it should run on there. Hmm. Possibly. And one thing to mention is uh, it's persistent, so it's good for collaboration. Like yeah. the three of us, we're all in there together, you know, posting links and talking about stuff, and then. I had to sign off for two days. I'd come back, and I could still see your guys' discussion. Yeah, absolutely. You, he, he could go back and see what he missed over the last two days. Not even to mention go back two weeks or two months to see what was discussed before he got onto the chat or something. Well, not before he got on the chat, but he could see whatever was back there. So You have to set up um, – do you just connect to Discord server or you have to set up your own server or how does it work? You can set up your own server. It's free. Um, I don't know that they have a server. I didn't see that, but uh, – So you have to connect to someone's yeah, existing yeah, Discord you, server? Yeah, you either set up your own or s- set up or connect to someone else's. Right now I'm connected to one for Aegis Gaming and one for my gaming channel So that I just made like in five minutes. I just hit start new server put in the name, put in a, a picture for the server, and it's sitting there. So I can send invites out to everybody, and they can connect to that server. And I guess it's sitting on Discord server somewhere and not actually on my computer. Um, because anyway, I think it's sitting on your computer. You think so? Like local? Yeah. Okay. That's so, kinda... like if you create a server, I think your computer is the server, and you can send out invites or leave it open to you know people browse whatever servers are open. Maybe they can connect to yours. That's scary. Um I don't know if you guys ever used the VPN program uh, that was purchased by LogMeIn. It was called Hamachi. Once. Uh, you basically create mm-hmm. a VPN server on your computer, and you can invite your friends, and they 
they're now on your network. They have a tunnel to your network. Um, but that was, you know, hosted on your system. So I think Discord is the same. Huh. But it's for chat and yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Okay. Yeah. And so do we know why I would use Discord as opposed to any other hundred things that are out there right now? Slack, James mentioned. Um, TeamSpeak. Mattermost is another one. Mattermost, uh, GroupMe, Google Hangouts, um, WhatsApp. Yeah, Google Hangouts is Email. Pre- okay. <laughs> Google Hangouts is a pretty good one just because, you know, it's persistent. There's vo- There's video. There's audio. But you can't – it's a little bit more con- – it's a little bit kind of – uh, I would say it's really you, bad at managing multiple conversations. Yeah, it is. So like you'll have a conversation with one person, another person, and it's in two different windows, and you don't know if you're in, you know which window you're in. It's 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 it just it's kind of clunky, you know. It's kind of, a lot of things Google makes feels always feels tacked on to me. They're like, oh, this is a good idea. This is a good idea. This is good, idea. and you have this like hodgepodge mess of ideas, but it's not mm-hmm. smooth. And that's how Google Hangouts is. I love Hangouts. I mean, the three of us communicate on Hangouts primarily. But uh, I think it has a lot of problems. Um, Slack, I like Slack. Um, uh, it's good for collaboration. There's no audio, so it kind of rules it out for my purposes that I'm using Discord for, which is gaming. Um, Discord, another th- nice thing about gaming, it, but for game from a gaming aspect with Discord, and that you can't do with Teamspeak is like I do a Twitch stream. So in my Twitch stream, I can invite people who are in the stream who are watching me play to come play with me and have audio contact with me and be like, we can now squat up in the game with very little activity from them and very little activity from me. I have an open channel that they can just join, you know, and they just join that guest account and they can come in and start chatting with me, you know, and I can delete that account the next day and no big deal or in a half hour, five minutes. So that's kind of a Mm. nice thing about discord that I kind of, for, for my purposes, it's perfect. You know, team speak, is a little bit has a little bit little bit higher uh, level to entry, I guess is the I don't know what the word is, but it has it's a little bit higher to entry. Like you have to download the program, you connect to the server, you have to have a server running. You know, it's not running on your home computer unless you have a server running at home. Otherwise, you have to pay somebody to run the server, which is about six bucks a month. You know, so there's you can't just well, that was a little harder to set up. Yeah, it's not for Joe. Sh- I mean, a- anybody can do it. Lots of people do it, but it's not like something you could just like. You know, just get going, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mumble, I'm not too familiar with Mumble, but I think Mumble's basically the same way. Someone has to set up a server and you connect to it, you know. I don't know that there's text chat. Um, Evan, you probably are more familiar with Mumble. There's a, it, there is a text chat broken down by channel that you're in, but there's – unless you're an admin, you can't see the log or anything. So it's it's just for – it's a lightweight voice chat mostly aimed at gaming uh, product. Mm-hmm. Is Discord free? Yes. It seems to be. Yeah, unlike Slack, actually. Apparently, Slack costs money to set up your own server, I think. Hmm. Yeah, and after a certain number of users, you have to pay a monthly subscription per user. Yeah. I don't know if it's per total user or per user above a certain number. I, I doubt Slack will stay free. Uh, I mean, I doubt Discord will stay free because it's, it's it's early days right now. I think Discord is owned by the same people who make Slack. 
Um, but uh, I don't think it'll stay free. I think it's gonna eventually it's gonna become something they're gonna make you pay for. I mean, there's 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 uh, I play Star Citizen and there's a Star Citizen group that has, you know, they probably have four thousand members in their Discord. So it, they're not. It's not gonna stay free. There's no way it's gonna stay free. Um, okay, let's let's jump down to the next thing here. I'm kind of lost because uh, <laughs> we're all over the place here. Let's uh, let's talk about hardware. There's a new Raspberry Pi out. Give us a, give us the updates on that, Mike. Oh, okay, so this just happened in the last couple weeks. Uh, the people who make the Raspberry Pi they just released what they call the Pi Two Model B. So there, well, there was the Pi 2 Model B, now this is the Pi 3 Model B, which is kind of confusing. I thought there would be a Pi 3 Model A, but apparently not. So uh, the main difference is the new one has a quad-core 64-bit processor. Uh, it's running on one at uh, 1.2 gigahertz instead of 900 megahertz like the previous one. The other big things, though, it has Wi-Fi on board, and it also has Bluetooth low energy on board. So it has both Wi-Fi and Bluetooth right on board. And, it's, and it still has um, a lot of the other things it had on the previous model. So it still has the micro USB uh, power input. So that's the same as this the same connector that's on, I don't know, a BlackBerry or an Android phone for charging. Um, they've increased so the power, so the power is 2.5 amps now. So the reason for that is you can power more devices that are plugged directly into the Raspberry Pi. So a keyboard, a mouse, maybe a hard drive, probably not a hard drive, but. So you don't have to add a powered USB hub. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So they have that, uh, still have a, they have a full size HDMI port on the unit, so you don't need a special cable or anything. It still does have a 10100 Ethernet port, so if you don't use the Wi-Fi, you can still plug it in, and it has four USB 2.0 ports. And it still has the other, you know, micro SD card slot, just like the last one, and the 40-pin uh, GPIO extensions, so you can plug in other various things for whatever you build. Um, and they are selling them. They're on their website. Uh, go to element14.com and find them there. And uh, I believe they're about 35 bucks, which is the same price as the old one. So pretty pretty neat. Pretty neat. I uh, Personally, I, I have a Raspberry Pi, although it's a slightly older model. And I always planned to do something with it, but I never did, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, I still want to. I still want to, definitely. They're very cool. Little computers, only $35. Very, very cool. Very awesome. Evan? A couple things. Um, I think this would have been the perfect opportunity for them to get rid of the whole A-B naming scheme, because it doesn't make sense. Um, they should just call it Raspberry Pi 3. Uh, mm-hmm. With the inclusion of Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, that's assuming you were going to put that on your Raspberry Pi whenever you got it. That's essentially saving you twenty dollars, which mm-hmm. if you this like, awesome. uh, yeah, if you like, you know, um, you like money, like misguided savings. logic, then the Raspberry Pi is now only fifteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. <clears throat> right. I, I mean, like... it has it has damn near everything now. I mean, the only thing you need to add is a SD card. Yeah. What? I like the increase in speed. I like the change to 64-bit. Um, <clears throat> what I wish they would also do is just spend a couple extra bucks, pass it on to the consumer, make it like a $40 product or even $45, and give it two gigs of RAM mm. instead of one. And then it would be a legitimate portable desktop. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that, definitely. I don't think it'll ever have gigabit unless they do some real re-engineering, because I believe that the the Ethernet port is shared over the USB bus. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the USB 2, was it, bursts and it peaks at 480, so you'll never get gigabit. Plus, if you're using it for anything else, okay. it'll just be slower. So, oh yeah, but, absolutely. You know, 100 megabit is acceptable for a lot of things. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, now I'm looking at the detailed comparison chart. Looks like ever since the first Raspberry Pi, they all have the same GPU. Which, I mean, obviously you're not using these things to render AutoCAD or anything like that. But it'd be nice if they increased the the GPU just a little bit on these when they released a new model. Um, but like I said, the RAM, the, really the RAM would be nice because I see here they've gone from two D six to five twelve to one gig, but now they're still at one gig. So I bet whenever they release, I don't know why they call this a Model B. It's very confusing because there's no Raspberry Pi three Model A. But <laughs> if they uh, if they ever come out with a with the next model, hopefully that one will have two gigs of RAM. I'll be model model U. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, it can't cost that much more. No. There's got to be. A, you know, it's thirty five dollars. So what do you want? Right? RAM chips. But, I mean, you can always go. I mean, of course, Raspberry Pi is the one that everyone knows and loves. But the if if you, even if you go on this this uh, Eagle or this Element fourteen website. Um, there are other, or you just do a quick Google search. There are other. I don't even know what the word is for these uh, single fees. Yeah, system, system on a chip on. or, or whatever you call these um, computers. These small, these small computers that are just a couple inches big and have everything on a single chip. Uh, there's another one, for instance, called the BeagleBone, which uh, BeagleBone Black. <laughs> there you go. So Bibles? now this one's a little more expensive. It's I see here it's eighty nine dollars, uh, but it is another option. So it's just nice yeah. to see there are other options out there. There's also the Banana Pie and the Intel Compute Stick, which I think that's uh, about a hundred or a little more than a hundred dollars. Yeah, I, I think saw it has Atom in it. And actually, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that Compute Stick, Evan. That that thing actually looks pretty cool. Um, and I want to say there's another one by ViewSonic. I haven't heard that of that. The computer has got a lot of attention lately. Um, I could swear it was ViewSonic, but maybe it wasn't ViewSonic. A um, like kind of like that, but it was a tiny. It's a tiny computer, and it fits into like a weird little dock. Hmm. It comes <laughs> with its own little dock, and it's like. 
I want to say like $189, something like that. And it runs Windows. Whoa. Which is kind of, you know, kind of cool. You know, I mean, everyone's like, oh, Windows sucks. But, <laughs> you know, we all use Windows, of course. It's our primary OS, whether we like it or not. Yeah, for now. But I have a Windows 10 Nextbook tablet behind me. It was $100. There you go. Works very well. Look at that. I mean, it works well for a $100 tablet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I also... Adam CPU. I also have obtained one of those, and and yes, it works well for a hundred dollar tablet. Oh my! I'm not pleased. James. No, I am pleased. I am pleased. It does everything. Maybe I should hold off. No, no, it does everything it's supposed to do. I talked to my coworker to buying one. He bought one too. Um, he just bought his today. So it it does it does everything that it's supposed to do, which is it does the web browsing I wanted to do. It lets me take my online classes, and uh, I can read uh, comic books on it, which is perfect. It's a, it's a great e-reader also, so it's perfect. It does everything it's supposed to do. Good battery life. I think it has like a two megapixel webcam. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. You know, you're not filming any uh, iPhone originals on there, but it it, it is uh, <laughs> it is it's it's good for a hundred bucks. I mean, I would advise everybody to get it. You can't find a better deal. Like literally, you cannot find a better deal. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so let's jump into. Uh, uh, looks like now we're going to. Uh, well, let's. Why don't we jump around a little bit? Why don't yeah. we go to the game? Why don't we go to the game theory? Yeah, I think so. Let's do that. Okay. So, <clears throat> don't have much to talk about uh, this week, but I wanted to mention I was just listening to another podcast. So why don't I just steal their their thunder? And I uh, heard don't that there's. Them. <laughs> yeah, and there's a uh, so there's a new game coming out, and it's a game I think every computer geek holds near and dear to their heart. They're rebooting Doom, so there's going to be a brand new release of Doom coming out in May. So it was originally going to be it was originally called Doom Four, but now they're they're pitching it as a reboot of the original game. So it is being developed by ID Software or id Software. And the publisher, though, is Bethesda Softworks. Oh, that's good. It is good. So uh, the game will be released for Windows, for PlayStation 4, and for Xbox One. Now, from what I understand, if you have a really high-end computer with a high-end graphics card and all that, the graphics are supposed to be amazing on this new Correct. release. It's, it's going to be capable of 4K. So if anyone doesn't know, that's the next step after HD. <laughs> it's like so, four HDs. Mm-hmm. It's like four HDs, exactly. I was going to say twice as HD, but no. it's <laughs> You're right, it's four times as much. So... <clears throat> I'm actually I'm not actually not the biggest gamer as uh, James and Evan know, but I'm actually kind of excited <laughs> by this game coming out. Um, you know, if not if not just because I used to love Doom, the original Doom, I used to play it all the time, and I thought it was awesome. So I can't wait to see what they've done to the new one. I hope they don't screw it up, and uh, <laughs> it should be fun. 
Well, um, at last year's QuakeCon, they actually had sort of a pre-alpha mm-hmm. build on about 30 very high-end systems at the time. Um, and all the competition people got to sort of play backstage. So I played uh, I played a, a multiplayer deathmatch. Oh, you played it? I did. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much has changed since then, obviously, but uh, it... It was lacking in customizability or configurability. You could basically change uh, the mouse sensitivity. Um, hmm. Visually, it looked pretty amazing. Mm. Uh, however, it depends on what kind of game you're used to. Uh, whether it's if you're used to Battlefield or even Counter Strike, where you have enemies who are camouflaged and you see them for like a quarter of a second and they duck behind a car or something. It'll be sort of like that for you because like the previous Doom, it's kind of a darker game um, with, you know, bright accents. Like there's lava flowing and everything, but you, you don't stand out in the environment. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you might see like a big firefight and be like, okay, obviously I'm going to shoot rockets over there, but you could walk past someone and, you know, easily miss them if you're not paying really close attention. So uh, I hope they add more visual tweaks in the final release. Um, And I think it would be fun to play single player, but like Doom 3 multiplayer had basically a one-year run at any competition level at QuakeCon, I think this will be very similar. Uh, it'll probably have one or two tournaments or, you know, one or two years of tournaments at the various lands and then be forgotten about. What makes these... But here, the thing is, <clears throat> and I know why you don't like it. I know, I know what you're talking about. Um, not that I've played it, but... This is a, co- a common theme with whenever I bring games to you, you're like, man, it's too camouflaged. You can't see. Like you're, I, I realized something. You are a spoiled Quake player, so you're like, oh, I'm used to being able to do all these things to make people like pop out, you know. So you know, um, uh, but but I, what I think is, as far yeah, as Evan, first, what's your what's your just hang on, James? Yeah, sure. Evan, what's your what's your game of choice? Uh, currently, Quake Live. Quake Live, which is what? Uh, it was originally a web-based remake of Quake 3, which came out in 1999, I believe. Okay. And I've been playing since 2000. Right. So that's the game that James is talking about where yeah. you can customize yeah. the hell out of it and... Everything. It's It's like the whole... Pretty much everything except for the map layout and the gun models and everything is in a configuration file, and you can change pretty much anything in that file to make it look more or less how we, how you want. Mm-hmm. Change the color of the enemies, change the model of the enemies, change you know how far away your field of view, all that kind of stuff. Mm. So it's it's very customizable. And yeah, I might be spoiled, but uh, uh, that's how a game should be, James. He's like, I understand you. if console games can't be that way because you can't like open up a config file and change it. But if it's on PC, it should all be configurable. Um, and and I I agree with you to an certain extent, but 
I mean, I think it just depends on the type of gamer you are, right? So, so I think filthy casual. I think filthy casual. That's right, plebe. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like uh, the quake the quake gamers are like a kind of rare breed that even now among gamers are still very rare because right now it's kind of except for like maybe maybe CS:GO or something like that. Those guys are like I think slowly attaining the quake status of like I can do anything to this game, um, but even that they've kind of curtailed that because like. Because, like, now, the stuff you could do to Quake, with with multiplayer being so, like, kind of, like, in your face now, and so much, I think the stuff you could do with Quake would be seen as cheating, you know? Like, to make all the, all the, every, the whole enemy team pink, um, so you could, ease, so it'd be easier to see, yeah, it seems like, part of it's like, yeah, I'm manipulating the environment to make myself the best player I possibly can be. You know, I'm in, I'm in the game increasing the natural function. I'm not doing anything malicious or to, to to malign the code yeah it's built into the you know but it's a functionality that's there on purpose but uh that like n- that now most games go to the server to pull information so they don't pull a config file for, for that's local so it's it's on a server side so you wouldn't be able to do that and if you did like if i was like getting one shotted by some guy who like every time he looks at me, I'm pink. I'd be like, "What the hell?" You know what I mean? Of course, I don't know I'm pink, but to him, I just shine like a beacon. Like that's like cheaty to me, you know. But it, like I said, it depends on the type of player, right? Like Quake, they could do that, and everyone's like, "Yes, this is what you do. It's cool." Regular like people now, I think, would be like, "No, that's cheating," you know. <laughs> and and forget about the cheating aspect of of it. Like me, I don't really care about that. But like for me, I couldn't play a game like that just because. Um, or I could play it, but I'd have to play it stock because I would look at it. I'd be like, "This looks too like crazy," you know. Like I like like I don't play fantasy games, and I don't play things that aren't realistic, you know. So and I don't play period pieces that take place in the past. Like I have very specific rules about the kind of games I play because I don't want anything that's like looks too fanciful and you, you know. Play whatever. some horse riding game. Horse riding game. Yes. Oh, uh, Mustang Breaker. It's the game where you break a Mustang and then you let it go free in the wild. Yeah, okay. Is that like Goat Simulator? What are you talking about? No, he's he's, some game on my computer. He's talking about Mountain Blade. I did play Mountain Blade for a while. I was pretty addicted to Mountain Blade. (laughs) That was was like crack cocaine. And and where is that game? uh, When is that game set exactly? It takes place in 2025. Yeah, right. (laughs) <laughs> in the year twenty nine twenty nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. You know yeah, uh, right. It's like in fifteen eighty or something. Yeah, probably. Or probably like in seven hundred. You know, I mean it takes place in the ancient <laughs> past. You said seven hundred. Um but it that game was fun, man. Like the 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 mechanics in that game, I didn't really care for all the uh I, I didn't care for the game as far as the period, but the mechanics and the way the game was designed was amazing. I love Mountain Blade. Um, Mountain Blade 2 is out and it looks beautiful or 3 I think it's out it looks beautiful now but I'm not going to get it Um, but yeah that's a great game Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah so I mean honestly I feel like I wish someone would make something to satisfy the Quake people because I know they're out there and I know that like people who played Quake were like the first ones who were like yeah we can play this competitively and really do amazing things with it you know what I mean and 
rise to this level of like rank getting ranked and stuff like that before people playing League of League of Legends or anything like that. And I remember when Unreal came out, I thought now's my time to be like the Quake people. You know, this is before I met Evan or anybody else. I thought this is my time. This is going to be the next Quake, and it wasn't. You know, and Unreal I think was the first game that just fell by the wayside. Well, it was for a while. But... It was for a while, but it was it's still not. There's no Unreal. Unreal uh, tournament con, <laughs> you know? No, yeah. No, yeah, people still want a Quake True. con. It's, it ain't when you go to those things, Evan. It's not thirty people there, right? No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's not like seven guys, seven guys in their underwear, like yeah, I still like Quake. You know, it's like it's like a bunch <laughs> of people there. So Quake is like the only game that has done that, um, has achieved that level. I think CS is going to get there, but um, oh no, Counter Strike's already there, but they they don't have like yearly quake cons or so they have mm-hmm. there's like dozens of counter-strike tournaments leading second up life. to uh no not second life <laughs> leading up to similar events if you're familiar with dota or league of legends they have uh, an event called the international yeah i've heard of that which is like in a, a stadium with a prize of like three million dollars is that a that's not a cs event no, but they're they're almost at that level. That's Dota. That's Dota or League of Legends, right? That they do that. The international, yeah. Okay. But there's huge like Counter Strike is more of um. I, they have tournaments, but it's more of a, an ongoing endeavor with leagues and rankings and stuff like that. But um, they're they're right right up there. Like sponsored teams, millions of dollars every year for winnings. I mean, the competition portion of QuakeCon is that's like 60 people. Hmm. If you go into the BYOC area where the, the rest of the thousands are, I'd say probably 70% of people are playing, you know, old school like Halo for PC or or League of Legends or Dota. Huh. Some Counter-Strike. I feel like I need to like kind of learn what the deals with League of Legends. I don't, I don't get no. what's so competitive and special about it. It looks like how is League of Legends? Resist. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> you gotta Google it, Chief. <laughs> League of Legends. What is this? Oh, <laughs> oh is this that bullshit I see advertised on TV <laughs> all the, the time? The old man on the show, the old curmudgeon. <laughs> no. You got to become a drunker. No, 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 not this. What I'm thinking of is one that's like you play. Get it on the app store now, you know. Oh no, you're thinking of those. Yeah, no, no, this isn't that. Oh, okay. That's what it looked like for a second. I was like, come on, man. This reminds me of Diablo. It looks just like freaking World of Warcraft. I mean, what's what's Mm, no, no, no? Watch some YouTube clips. It's it's boring as shit to watch if you're not really into the game. I don't. And if you listen to good commentators, summoners it, it's a whole another language. You're like you're speaking English, but that that's not a, a coherent sentence that you just said. Yeah, I, I honestly I don't. It's not interesting to me at all. Like there's no mechanics in it that are interesting to me to watch. You know, uh, when I've watched people play Quake Three. Um, I've been like, okay, I kind of get it. Like, this team's against that team, and they're shooting each other, whatever, whatever. They know the map really well, and it's just really hardcore and fast. This other thing, there's obviously a bunch of pieces going on all at once, but, man, I do not understand the mechanics of it at all. It's just so confusing to me. Um, And 
I don't know. I'm like, how could you play? How could you like look at that and then look at like Counter Strike Siege or The Division or Star Citizen, games that have a lot going for them, a lot to do, and a lot of things and a lot of possible angles where it could be competitive or whatever, you know? And Eve Online, not Eve Online, really. It's not really a competitive <laughs> aspect. I mean, I'm not even being funny. There's just no competitive aspect to that. Um, but Star Citizen, you have like the tournaments areas and stuff like that, and Mm-hmm. Um, Siege, you have like team versus team, and Counter Strike, you have team versus team or deathmatch. There's lots of angles for tournament style play. I don't get like watching an RTS type, um, RPG type game. It's just I don't understand. It's like I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but at any rate, I digress. Yeah, well, I'm looking at it now, and it says it's an offshoot of Warcraft Three: The Frozen Throne. So that must be why I think it's. A World of Warcraft game. Oh well, there you go. They all look the same. Yeah. 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 That's fine. We gotta get somebody on this show who likes, who's into World of Warcraft, who understands it. Um, or League of Legends. Or League of Legends. Yeah. I don't know. I never. I told you. I never even heard of this until you just said it. Yeah, I watched it. I watched the documentary. There's a great documentary about League of Legends on Netflix, I think. Or no, Vice did a video, a 30 minute video on it. It's on YouTube on the Vice Network's YouTube channel. Um. And it kind of breaks it. Doesn't break it down, but it breaks down the huge, the hugeness of the, this level of gaming. But it doesn't really talk about why League of Legends is special or why anyone cares about it. You know, I think it's just Korea. They just like made everything. They made it like huge, and they played all like crazy. Like you know, they. I mean, if they hadn't had League of Legends, we'd be going. To, they'd be talking about Counter, uh, you know, Counter Strike or. Command and Conquer, <laughs> you know. Yeah, over in Korea and uh, other Asian countries, definitely League of Legends and Dota players are celebrities. Yeah, they're they're, they're like fangirl stalkers and everything. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Evan, what was the name of that guy with the fatality stuff? His fatality? name was Fatality. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Fatality Wendell. What did he play? Quake and then Unreal. Uh, he played Quake Three and then Unreal Tournament, uh, two thousand three, I believe, or two thousand four. What's he doing now? Is he still alive? Yeah, uh, I mean the brand is still around. He's partnered with uh, Asrock, I believe, and still creative. He still has products coming out. Is he playing games anymore? Um, I don't think so, but he might uh start playing Overwatch. Because that's probably going to be the next kind of big thing. It's a it's a mix between an MMO, so you have like different characters with different powers, kind of like League of Legends, but also it's a first person shooter. Overwatch. Interesting concept. Kind of fun to watch. Um, Overwatch. So it might be something. Huh. Is that what we were talking about the other day? No. I'd never. I mean, I've. It, it's funny, the guy in my Discord, who I was talking to earlier about Discord, who put me on a Discord, he has a, a World of Warcraft team, and one of the games they play is, or not team, a guild, and one of the games in his Discord was Overwatch. So I'm assuming some people in his guild play Overwatch. Um, and I've yeah. seen, I know Devil Dog Gamer plays it, so I've seen his videos of Overwatch, but... It'll be big because uh, it's a game from Blizzard. So they're gonna pump. Uh, they have oh, is that? Oh, it's new. It's not out. Yeah, yet. it's brand new. They had like a, a closed beta for a few months. Uh, I think it's still in beta, actually. Oh, good old Battle.net, huh? <laughs> oh, 
Ugh. Yeah. Remember that? Yep. <laughs> yeah, they make World of Warcraft. Why can't they just uh-huh. make another RTS, man? I'll play like a, I'll play like a Blizzard. R- I'll play any Blizzard RTS they want to put my way, man. Don't they make uh, StarCraft Two? No. Yeah. Okay. When when did they come out with that? Like ninety six. Twenty ten. Yeah, yeah, it was right. very recently. StarCraft Two came out in ninety six. I mean, twenty ten. StarCraft Two, yeah. No, it didn't. Yeah. Hey, Cortana. <laughs> Jesus. When did StarCraft Two come out? Bungled. It's gonna be like the weather tomorrow is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, July twenty two thousand ten. You're right. Hmm. Yeah, where have you been? You can, you could log on there right now and get your ass whooped by some South Korean kid. Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> An eight year old. Well, they well they well they freaking Zerg store my base in two seconds. Zerg rush. Zerg rush. Yeah. Overwatch team based shooter. Hmm. Okay, all other games: Starcraft, Heart of the Swarm, Starcraft Two expansion. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. It's weird. Blizzard only makes like a couple games. It's weird. Yeah, but they're Blizzard. Yep. And millions of people play them. Yeah, they're Blizzard. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess their their real moneymaker, obviously, is World of Warcraft, right? You have to pay monthly for that? Yeah. Yeah. People still play it, though. This guy's this guy I was talking to, his guild's huge. And they, mm. they're, he's like, I gotta go back to my guild. See you later. <laughs> they really left, you know? So, it's it's huge. I mean, people are still playing it. There's a guy in my office. Who is it his biggest Second Life? You just want to squeeze Second man. Life in here somewhere, didn't you? Ah! <laughs> like, ah! Yeah, it's bigger than Second Life, my friend. <laughs> impossible. It's possible. It's bigger than Second Life. I'll bet Even? you, if we look at the metrics on that, you'll find a lot of people who play World of Warcraft also play Second Life, though. Yeah. <laughs> Similar demographic. There's a correlation there, I'm sure of it. <laughs> oh, boy. So, why are we some gaming elitists who make fun of other gamers? <laughs> We're horrible. Um, one other thing I'll just mention here. Uh, so any day now, the Oculus Rift is supposed to come out, right? Or yes. It's out, or it's out now? I don't know. What's it came, well? It, it, go ahead. Uh, so I heard two things related to that, but not directly about the Oculus. So the HTC Vive, uh, which is a collaboration between HTC and Valve, mm-hmm. who makes Steam. So you know it's going to be geared towards gaming. It's going to be awesome. So that's eight hundred dollars. Yep. That's called the HTC what? Vive. Vive. V I V E. Oh. Okay. Um, the one that we were all really pumped about, the Hololens from Microsoft. <laughs> it is the dev kit for that. Three thousand dollars. Yep. Yeah, I just I was just heard something about that the other day. Not for gaming. Not for regular people. <laughs> Not at all. They want that. Not yet. That's for offices. <laughs> yeah. Three thousand dollars. Remote presentations. Which to yeah, me that's... is a short-sighted way to look at it. It just well, proves how short-sighted that technology well, is. So much more than awesome office thing for office tool to talk. Oh, about absolutely. Tool. The problem is though the way they've designed that thing. When you buy a, a Hololens thing, it, it's a computer. Yeah. So it's a computer. With the headset and the this and the that and all this other stuff, and so it's not just like you're getting this one piece; it's this whole like system. You yeah, know? it's not just it's a like a two thousand dollar gaming laptop built into the headset. 
<laughs> something like that. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it comes with some huge box you sit on the floor and then it's got some wires running from it. You know, I don't, I don't even know. Um, I'm just looking here at the Oculus Rift. I'm on their website. It looks like it's, expe- it's supposed to ship in July. $600. Which isn't terrible, but still it's a lot of money. I'd probably go for the Vive. I hear a lot better things about that than the Oculus. Hmm. It says, uh, includes headset, sensor, Xbox One controller, Eve, Valkyrie, and Lucky's Tale. Eve Valkyrie? Yeah, Eve Valkyrie is 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 Eve's attempt. Basically, a long time ago, Eve said we're going to make a first person sit in a cockpit fighter fighter uh, thing that will integrate with Eve. Which so what we, what we wanted Eve to be? Uh, yes and no. Um, so they did that in Eve Valkyrie. It's basically it's very arcadey though. It's I mean, if you want a simulator or you want realism, it's super arcadey. It's not good. But uh, it does it does look very cool. It looks very fast action, and it's another game that I can see having some some high uh, tournament style stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, if you have a HTC Vive or not, I mean an Oculus Rift, I guess it's going to be really cool. That's Oculus, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, that the problem is, it runs on freaking Xbox, right? Yeah, it runs on Xbox. It's not for PC, and and Eve. Um, I forgot the name what, of the company. What, ooh, what's for Xbox? A uh, uh, the game. It's for Xbox. Oh. It's not for PC. It's not for PC. No, it's for Xbox. Huh. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Hey Cortana, HTC Vive. Oh shit! Sorry, scratch that. Never mind, Cortana. Stop. Oh, you're typing everything. Okay, yeah, I... forget it. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll we'll put an annotation if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm about 99% right. The E Valkyrie is just for Xbox. And uh, the problem is, it looks like it was like, of course, like everything for console looks like it was made in 1983. So, you know, it's just bad. I mean, come on, step your game up, baby. PC Master Race. You have all my hair. From you what know? I'm reading, it says it's, <laughs> it's supposed to be released for uh, Microsoft Windows and PlayStation 4. Oh, PlayStation 4. Okay. So, Windows and PlayStation 4. All right. So, so I'm very wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, all the way wrong. <laughs> I couldn't be more oh. wrong. Good. <laughs> Good. I'm glad uh, Glad we got that straightened out. Yeah, but it's very cartoony, and I mean, it's cool looking, but it's not, it's not, uh, like, I would say, if you looked at Star Citizen, and then you looked at Elite Dangerous, uh, and then you looked at No Man's Sky, the way, by the look and feel, and by the realism factor... Eve Valkyrie falls right below, right above No Man's Sky, where No Man's Sky is very cartoony and kind of like kind of graphic-y. Um, it just doesn't. It's not a good look to me, and it's very like, you know, you, people are probably gonna be puking in their freaking living rooms playing it. Which maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a testament to how freaking nice the uh, 3D is. <laughs> I don't know. Pro tip: start at home cleaning service. Basically. <laughs> oh. The HTC Vive is nice though, man. It has a chaperone. That has a camera on the front that tells you, oh, there's a coffee table in front of you. And it kind of like gives you a little pointer saying, hey, there's a coffee table there. But it doesn't break your immersion, which I like. 
You know, because who has the money to have a room in their house that's empty just for their HTC or just for their Vive or their Oculus or something? I think you can set it to actually display the true image from the front uh, front camera if you want to. Because I have seen, however it was possible, based like an internal view and then a box that was displaying what the camera looked at. Oh, okay. That, that, that'd be cool, too. So. Uh, the one I heard about was a wireframe, but it's, you know, basically the same. Yeah, exactly. I mean, basically the same thing, but it's nice. It doesn't doesn't break your immersion, keeps you in the game. I think it's pretty cool. Um, I feel like Oculus, they missed the they missed the, missed the ball, man. Like, like, and also there's a whole augmented reality thing that HTC Vive, with a little bit of development, could get right on top of, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so they so they could bridge the gap between the Hololens and the Oculus Rift very easily with that HD camera or whatever that camera is on the front of the of the device there. So anyway, all right, Michael, what else you want? What, what, what's next? So, uh, well, I think the only other thing we had on uh, the agenda here was we could talk sci-fi. Um, James, I know you and I just recently. Uh, both finished the same series of books by I don't remember the name of the author now, but um, was the Fear Saga? Yep. What did you think? Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was a, I thought it was a good series. I got my coworker to listen to it. Um, he's he fell in love with it. I I enjoyed it. It was it was a worthy read. They did a great job with it. The, the author. He took you through the, through the very. I felt like he was taking me through the various stages of acceptance that you know what was happening was happening. <laughs> I mean that's how it felt. Like you know how some like sometimes an author writes a book and he writes the book in such a way that he has his distinct style and every book after that is like that. So if he writes fourteen books by the twelfth book you're like okay, I'm gone past the part of liking the characters. I'm gone past the part of loving the new story. I've heard, I know what's in the next book. You know what I mean? This author didn't do that. It felt like each book was written by a different author, you know, about the same characters. I think he did a great job with it. I was really mm-hmm. pleased. I enjoyed it. Fear it was fear what fear the sky, fear the survivors, fear the future. Right, and I see here the author is Stephen Moss. That's it, Stephen Moss. Stephen Moss, and so yeah, I have to agree. The books were excellent, um, nail biting. You know, I couldn't. <laughs> Once I was done with one, I couldn't wait to get the other one. I had to wait until it was released on Audible before I could download it. Um, but all three now have been released on Audible, so I've I've been listening to them. And uh, very interesting, very interesting books. Uh, pretty much set in the present day, and uh, but very sci-fi, very techy, but very cool, very cool. Lots of murder and mayhem too. So, um, don't want to spoil anything, you know, so won't talk too much about it, but. But it's safe to say it's fun for all ages. Uh, Uh -uh. murder and mayhem and whatnot. (laughs) I'd probably say 14 and up. Well, how about that? I wouldn't even say that. I think book kids are pretty mature these days. Book three is definitely not for 14 year olds. (laughs) Um, But yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. Today's kids are soft, man. You know. Yeah, true. <laughs> Back when I was a kid, I walked up uphill to school both ways in nine feet of snow. Correct. Barefoot, man. 
Um, yeah. So the only other thing I'd mentioned about sci-fi, there's a couple series I've been meaning to check out on that were released recently on the sci-fi channel. There was a mini series called childhood's end, which is based on the same book by Arthur C. Clarke. And I heard that was pretty good. So definitely check that out if you get a chance. And there's another series on sci-fi, I believe called The Expanse, which, if I'm not mistaken, is a series of books. Yeah, I read the first book. Um, oh, well, there you go. And uh, I don't like my books to be super introspective, and I don't like my books to be super philosophy. Like, I don't care about the philosophy of it. You know what I mean? Like, I can I can philosophize the, the, the content on my own. Which is what I like to do. Like I like to read a book and then debate myself in the shower with it. You know what I mean? Over like why the character did that and what their thinking pro- thought process was. I feel like the author should lay out a series of tools and then say, "Do with these tools what you will with the story I've given you." Instead mm-hmm. of like trying to think it out, puzzle it out for me to make me see what he saw. You know, I don't want to do that. And that that book is written that way. People love The Expanse, and we will get – like if anyone listened to this show, we would get so much hate mail because I said I didn't like it. But um, I did not enjoy it. I have family members who loved it. That's what got me to read it. It's very deep, and it looks at it looks at space in a very interesting way. It looks at people in an interesting way, and it, 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 to me it spends too much time thinking about how important it's, it is itself – than mm-hmm. thinking about uh, telling good story. Um, I watched parts of the first episode, and I was like, I know I've seen this somewhere. And then I realized, oh, this is that book I read. So I watched parts of the first episode, and I was like, okay. But I knew it was going to happen. It was blown for me. So if they get into, if maybe if they work through the whole book in one series season, then I'll, maybe I'll start looking at the second season and see, because I'm sure the book will cut out a lot of the fat. But, um, this, this, excuse me, the... the the uh, thing will cut out a lot of the fat, but uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not super stoked about it. You might like it. I did not enjoy it. You know, I, I didn't mm-hmm. think I like sharp space battles and you know, decisive action and violence and you know, aliens and technology. Like I'm a technology guy. Not, I'm not into like all the like. Oh, absolutely. He looked at the stars and saw, saw. Cryos Mons, and there he saw his soul within the wreath of the shadow of the night fire peace blah, blah. You know, I don't care about that. That's an exact quote from the book, by the way. Very eloquent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So, uh, Evan, you have anything to add uh, for our sci-fi segment here? Any books, movies, TV shows? Conspiracy uh, theories, anything? No, no conspiracy theories, though next week I'll probably do a bad sci-fi movie review. Very good. But a bad movie and a bad review, so that's something to look forward to. <laughs> bad review of a bad movie, I like Correct. that. <laughs> okay, sounds good. All right, so, uh, James? Um. Okay, so... I think... Uh, probably about wraps things up here yep evan you have anything else to add before we uh sign off uh this week's episode brought to you by coleman's mustard (laughs) coleman's mustard all right 
So we're definitely going to have to uh, check out Coleman's mustard here. Yep. Every time oh. we buy some Coleman's mustard, we get uh, a... A second jar of Coleman's mustard. Yeah. <laughs> to eat alone in tears. <laughs> that is correct. Um, yeah. So, so guys, let us know what you think about the show. Uh, give us your thoughts. Um, put it in the comments. Uh, we're probably going to put this on... If you're listening to it, you know where you found it at, so I'm not going to say. But it'll be there, again, in a week or so, probably. And uh, let us know what you think about the show. Don't be, hes- don't be hesitant. Don't bite your tongue. Don't, try to, don't worry about hurting our feelings. Tell us what you think. Give us your comments, your thoughts. Get rid of this. Add that. More of this. Less of that. You talk too much. Talk more. Whatever. Okay? Um, and uh, if you guys have any topics you want us to touch on, please tell us in the comments. Okay? Uh, Evan, you got anything? Nope. Okay. Thanks for listening. Evan can be found at his uh, website, uh, EvanKnowsEverything.com. Uh, his Twitter and, and .net info and org. Yeah, and also .sandwich. Dot .biz um, <laughs> yeah. and .tv. Um, also, uh, Evan's Twitter handle is at uh, Evan Poops, and uh, he can be found. There. This is not true. We don't have any of that stuff because we're not real podcast people. We don't have websites or Twitter names to put under a lower third. So maybe next time we'll work on that. Um, Twitter's the downfall of humanity. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Twitter's awesome, but I know how we can make it better next time. We'll talk about that. Okay, Michael, you got anything else? Uh, nope. I think that's it. Okay. Uh, I'm very happy with how this show turned out. I hope everyone else enjoys it. And like James said, uh, leave us any comments, suggestions, criticisms, questions, whatever, in the comment section. Thank you so much. There you go. All right. Get fucked. <laughs> Cut it. That's it. That's a wrap.